to the David Glenn Show. Our next guest is in some ways a victim of his own versatility. We typically invite him to talk about college basketball. Why? Because he's one of the best, if not the best, analyst on college basketball for ESPN. But his background, his training, his IQ, that versatility often forces us, compels us to ask him about a wider variety of topics. We will do that once again today with Jay Billis. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show, Mr. Versatility. How are you? I am doing great, David. How are you? I'm doing great. I will be in trouble by angry mob if I do not ask you college basketball questions, but let me put that on the back burner briefly. The NBA Today, Jay, came out publicly for the first time with a detailed idea of how to expand legalized sports betting in the United States of America. The NBA is embracing it. The NBA wants... 1% of every bet placed in every fashion on NBA games moving forward. Generally speaking, are you a believer that the time is right for our country to take the hundreds of billions bet illegally and bring it under some kind of a legal umbrella the way it's done in a lot of other countries? Uh, No, I think the time was right like decades ago. (laughs) I think we're we're way behind on this. I consider gambling uh, to be like uh, like drinking alcohol. Uh, for some people, it can be a problem. But for the masses, it is a harmless vice that the government should regulate and should allow. Because just as we saw with prohibition, people are doing it anyway. Right. And we're not going to stop it as much as we want to pontificate and pretend uh, like we're back in the, the puritanical days. Um, people gamble and, uh, uh, you know, even, even, a, a lily white, uh, light, you know, lily white hat wearing person that is, uh, uh, you know, all the, about the American way and all that is good. I have even gambled. I, I hate to admit that. Publicly, <laughs> but I have even gambled on football. Uh, so I don't see the, I don't see the problem. It's a, it's kind of a ridiculous thing that we're doing here to, to even argue about it. Jay Billis joining us on Twitter. He is a fun follow at Jay Billis. The Michigan State USA gymnastics case took another turn today. The former doctor, Larry Nasser, is sentenced to a million years in prison and is not eligible for parole until 99 years from now. You know the NCAA question comes up here. As in the Penn State case, people are asking, Michigan State was involved. Michigan State enabled this horrible monster with its athletes in this sexual assault context. In your eyes, Jay, what role does the NCAA have? What, uh, what role do, should the NCAA have, if any, when it comes to this Michigan State uh, Larry Nasser case? Well, I, much like in the Penn State matter, in the Penn State case, uh, the, what happened at Michigan State and, and with USA Gymnastics is horrifying, and it's beyond my comprehension. Uh, so I have no words to express my empathy uh, and sympathy for the survivors and, and their families and all for all the, the, the tragic consequences of Dr. Larry Nasser. But on a policy level, David, this is not an NCAA matter, nor was Penn State. Now, the NCAA, for reasons, uh, various reasons, none of which were good ones, uh, inserted itself into the, the Penn State matter and circumvented all of its rules and bylaws and circumvented the Committee on Infractions process uh, to levy sanctions upon Penn State, uh, and, but you know it wasn't appropriate. And one of the NCAA legacies of the Penn State matter was after the, the NCAA took the free report 
and used it as a weapon against Penn State, no reasonable school going forward would ever investigate itself again under similar circumstances. And the NCAA and Mark Emmert tried to fool themselves and fool all of us by saying, well, this was unique, what happened at Penn State. Uh, it is unlikely to ever happen again, uh, all that stuff. When, and it was a culture of football that led to it, which was nonsensical. Uh, it, it, nobody's arguing that a culture of gymnastics led to this or the Catholic Church, a culture of religion. Uh, that, that's absurd to suggest that. The NCAA sent Michigan State a le- what is called a letter of inquiry. In that letter, the NCAA said, we, the NCAA, do not have jurisdiction in this matter. <laughs> if we find their NCAA violation, it will be uh, given to the Committee on Infractions, go before the, the, the normal course. That's not what they did in the Penn State matter. Uh, Mark Emmert was asked about this a few days ago and said, I don't have enough information to comment. Uh, this has been known to the NCAA for a long, long time. And, and yet, as, as much as a few days ago, Mark Emmert, the president of the NCAA, didn't have enough information to comment, but had enough information to send a letter of inquiry a few days later. Um, this is stunningly bad leadership by the NCAA. Uh, they have no policy here. And, uh, and, and it's pretty clear that they're just you know, reactionary and reacting to uh, the incredibly powerful victim impact statements. But, but that it took uh, those victim impact statements for the NCAA to even acknowledge this existed uh, is really troubling and disturbing. Jay Billis from ESPN joining us on the David Glenn Show. Darren Vaught, my producer. Virginia coach Tony Bennett texted me during our conversation with Jay Billis and asked if we have room for him at 2.30 today. Can we do that? Can we squeeze in the number two, kid, the, the coach of the number two team in the nation? Sorry to interrupt, Jay. Uh, we got to squeeze in Tony Bennett in about 25 minutes here. Speaking of on-the-court stuff, what do you think, uh, and we're talking around here uh, about Marvin Bagley III as, you know, the ACC Rookie of the Year, the, the Nash, or ACC Player of the Year, rather, uh, and possible National Player of the Year. We don't see as much of Trey Young, and you travel the nation. What do you think of comparisons between Oklahoma's star guard Trey Young and a guy we saw grow up here in our backyard, former Davidson star Steph Curry? Entirely appropriate. Uh, Trey Young is Steph Curry as far as the, the manner in which he plays and his skill set, uh, his cerebral view of the game. You know, David, if you go back and you compare, which I've done, if you go back and compare, people are saying uh, Trey Young shoots too much. He averaged 20 shots a game. Uh, uh, Steph Curry's junior year, you know how many shots he averaged? No. 20. Yeah. Uh, and, and he had a ton of turnovers and nowhere near the amount of assists that, that Trey Young has as a freshman. And I'm not suggesting that Trey Young is going to be as good as Steph Curry. But as a college player, um, it's entirely appropriate to compare the two because we haven't seen anybody that's as close to Steph Curry uh, as Trey Young. Trey Young is legit. And I think you could see with what he, he did in the game against Kansas last night, he had 26 points on nine shot attempts. He had nine assists and five turnovers, which are, you know, the, the, the turnover number is, is sort of a Steph Curry-type number that he had at Davidson. And, and he, uh, in Devontae Graham guarding him, Devontae Graham had to chase him all over the place, and Graham wound up um, uh, going four of 19 and one of nine from three mm-hmm. in large measure because of how much energy he had to expend guarding, guarding Trey Young. He, he's a remarkable player. 
Jay Billis joining us on the David Glenn Show. I think you recently said you don't see a single team that you would describe as truly elite or way ahead of the pack. With that in mind, who from the ACC right now ranks sort of in that group, that, that upper echelon of college basketball, you know, the half dozen or a dozen, however many in your eyes, with the best chance of making a Final Four or winning a national championship? Duke is the only one, David. Duke is uh, they're, they're the most talented team in the country. And, and it's really not close. I mean, I think Michigan State has a ton of talent. They've got more depth than Duke, but they don't have the level of talent that Duke has. I mean, if you put Miles Bridges, which is the best player on uh, Michigan State's team, on the Duke team, he'd probably be the fourth leading scorer. Um, that, that's how good these guys are. And uh, they, they have not played very well defensively, or at least to the level they're talent defensively, but they're getting better. But Duke is the only team in the ACC that can be truly great. Like, I don't think North Carolina can reach, uh, you know, reach that high level. You know, North Carolina is good enough. They can get to an Elite Eight and maybe a Final Four if things break right to them. But, but that's not a, this is not a vintage Roy Williams team. Uh, and, and, you know, Clemson having Dante Grantham injured, I don't think they could reach that level anyway. Uh, same thing, you know, Notre Dame with Bonzi Colson out and now D.J. Harvey out. Uh, they, they have no real chance to reach that level either. They're just trying to make the tournament. So the league, the league is, is, is very good and it's competitive, but nobody's as good as, as Duke. And they're, they're the only ones that can, that can turn it on and figure it out and, uh, and be not, not necessarily unbeatable. They can't be unbeatable, but they can, they're, they're the, the reservoir of teams that can beat Duke if they defend is going to be a really small one. Tony Bennett's going to drop by on our show in about 20 minutes. What does the Virginia team, 19-1, and undefeated in conference play, 8-0, and visiting Duke this weekend? That'll be a heck of a head-to-head matchup. What do the Cavaliers lack in your eyes, even as they're number two in the polls, number one in the defensive efficiency rankings, uh, and yet they have a lot of skeptics out there at the same time? Well, I mean, skeptics of national championship uh, – you know, aspirations for Virginia are fair, but no, no skeptic can say they're not legit and they're not really good. I mean, that defense is ridiculously good. Yeah, uh, it's like a bow. It's like watching you know a boa constrictor you know squeeze the life out of something, and and they're so uh, they're so good with positioning and with moving as the ball moves. I mean, Tony Bennett with his pack line defense calls it airtime. Their anticipation is excellent. Uh, their vision of, of where the ball and where, where, uh, where players are is spectacular. And I think Isaiah Wilkins may be one of the two or three best defenders in the country. I mean, he, he's, he's ridiculous. Uh, I'm, I'm so blown away by them. I mean, you know, the, the festival of frustration that, that Virginia is on, on defense and the way they can disrupt the opponent's rhythm, um, they're going to be in every game they play. Uh, the difficulty, I think, for Virginia is, you know, it's not a great offensive team. They're good, yeah, and they've got really good players, uh, and they're way better than they were last year. But they, they're not going to separate from anyone offensively. So they're going to be in close games all year long, uh, which there's nothing wrong with that. But but it means they're more likely, uh, even though their defense is great, uh, they're more likely to get beat on a given night because their offense isn't uh, isn't 
you know, among the great offenses in the country. Last thing for Jay Billis of ESPN. Tony Bennett of UVA is going to drop by in roughly 20 minutes. Jay, you once were recruited by that Mike Krzyzewski guy at Duke. You once recruited for that Mike Krzyzewski guy at Duke. And just this weekend, Mike Krzyzewski got a commitment from the third of the top three players on the ESPN senior one top 100 list. Number one, number two, and number three are all committed to the Duke Blue Devils as Mike Krzyzewski is now a septuagenarian. Is this really about him having a photo of him and Beyonce on his phone and staying young and relevant? Uh, is this about USA basketball and getting nice things said about him uh, from, from Kobe and LeBron and others? Or is this really the lingering effects of the class of, uh, what would you have been, 1983, you high and school, Allery yeah, and the guys? School, 1982. I graduated high school in 82. This is really just resident do of you and Allery and those guys from 1982, right? Yeah, I mean, I, you could go to, to all the controversy of what John Calipari said. All I can tell you is from my experience, David, like Coach K lied to me when he recruited me. <laughs> he told me the same thing that Calipari's talking about. He said, you know, you'll be set for life if you come to Duke. He, but he told me that I would have a full head of hair that would not go gray for the rest of my life if I came to do, because he had the secret for hair uh, for forever and, and, and hair that looks the same as when you're 25 years old. And he lied to me because he never shared that secret with me. And look at me now, David. Uh, I think it, uh, you know, I, I'll never get over being lied to and recruiting like that. I have a feeling you'd have done okay in life, even had you not selected the Blue Devils. But there has to be something about either the brotherhood or his GOAT status or his Team USA gold medals. or uh, th There's a culture there that is very enticing to, and in ways that I find easy to see. And I'm not a 17-year-old basketball prospect. Well, you know what, David, in all seriousness, like there was no brotherhood back when I was being recruited, and there was no Duke success under Coach K right. then either. But what there was was a guy that you believed in. And, and so, like, I think, I think it's fair, exactly fair what you said. None of, none of the guys I know in my class would have been selling pencils on the street if we <laughs> right. didn't go to Duke. We all would have been fine because we were being recruited because of, of what we, we could bring too. But I can tell you that, that uh, the, gift, the gift of playing for Coach K and the privilege of it uh, wouldn't have been duplicated with anyone else. We would have done fine. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm extraordinarily grateful uh, for having had that opportunity, and, and especially when I had it, because the one thing I will always have on Zion Williamson or the guys that are, are committing to him now is, you know, Coach K has been, my, been coaching me for 35-plus years now, <laughs> uh, and these guys aren't going to have that. They're going to they're gonna have a better yep. coach their four years than I had because he's gotten way better now but they're not going to have the benefit of it for as long unless unless coach K is also keeping the fountain of youth a secret and <laughs> lied to me in recruiting about that and uh, you know maybe he will maybe he will live forever along with his fancy head of hair and he lied to me about more than just, you know, just my head of hair. <laughs> His name is Jay Billis. Catch him all over the ESPN platforms as he has described it. He is overexposed in all of those ways and probably by us as well on Twitter at Jay Billis. Thanks, as always, for the visit here on the David Glenn Show. Always a pleasure, David. Thank you. You got it. Right back at you.